Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 290 of We Podcast, and we know things where we recap all of the week's nerdy news. My name is Greg Hall, and alongside of me is almost always the best damn voice in the business, Sam Matoro. It only took us three takes to get through without laughing. Perfect. Let's a go. literal opening. That's it. We couldn't even get past the first few lines oh, tonight. I, I wish we kept it in. I love it. <sighs> I just, I mean, I have it recorded. It's, it's there if I want to use it. I just don't know if I can. It's up to you. It's up to you because we said some crazy. Conscious. I don't think anybody wants to hear what you said, and I don't mean disrespectful to you, Sam. I mean that because it was nasty. Everybody, we got a huge oh, show for you tonight. Ten episodes away from the big 300. We got our picks of the week. We got trivia. Thirteen point five for me. Thirteen for Sam. We're gonna start tonight. With something we used to do in like the 150 episode range where we started with like our big top stories of the week, no matter what they were up top and then went through the rest of the rundown. I miss that format, but at the same time, we're bringing it back for tonight because God of War Ragnarok got its release date. So while we're not starting in gaming, we're starting with that story because then from there, we'll (coughs) excuse me, we'll go to TV. Something caught my throat as I'm talking. (laughs) <laughs> we'll go to TV. Stranger Things 4, part two, it's out. The whole season is out. Stranger Things 4 is done. We had our talk uh, last month about its first part. Now that the final two episodes are out, we're going to do a spoiler cast, a big, giant spoiler cast of all of our thoughts of the whole thing. Was it good? Was it bad? Did it live up to the hype? We'll talk about it. Spoilers beware. And we'll have time codes for those spoilers of as course, well. So, so you don't, uh, if you haven't watched it yet, if you live under a rock, uh, we got some Stranger Things news outside of that as well. Some Duffer Brothers news, the boys, the Winchesters, Echo, National Treasure, Bill Burr, before Sam takes over in gaming for Ubisoft news for Spoken. Nintendo announced a new console, but it's not leading off the show. That's weird. E3 news before we round it out with the review for Thor Love and Thunder. I'm sure we'll have our impressions of that very soon. Uh, And then Sam will take us home with a weekly WADA. So let's not waste any more time. Let's start on this NHL draft night. Welcome to Philly Cutter Gauthier with we where we customarily do with our picks of the week. Also, the Phillies one five three pick of the week this week is a Amazon original. The boys presents Diabolical. Nice. I, I was slacking on this show. Again, I kind of had this written in the back of the old notebook for a while. Like I have a couple of, uh, you know, if I need a pick of the week, if I don't watch anything new. So um, I don't even know how long ago I watched this. But this came out in Amazon, on Amazon March 4th, 2022. This is a spinoff uh, based off the comic book series The Boys by Garth Ennis and Derek Robertson. It serves as a spinoff of the same name. It's I, didn't, I never realized how short it was. There's only eight episodes. Each episode is like 13 to 15 minutes. Very short. It is a hard R. No no young kid should be seeing this. this I, I, I love the animation. The voice acting was great. The writing was smart. Humor was there. There was only one episode that I thought stunk literally. And pardon the pun if you saw the episode. Episode 5 called BFFs. Written by Aquafina. That was the only episode I, I really didn't give a shit about. If you watched it, you know, I'm pardon for the, the saying shit twice, three times, whatever now. But I don't know. For whatever reason, that episode just missed me. But the other seven, I thought was great. Um, I was reading an interview with Eric Kripke, the, basically who developed the boys. He said technically only three of the episodes 
are actually canon, while the other, you know, the other ones are just kind of just, you know, wacky set off, whatever. But three are actually in canon. Um, but, you know, you had a lot of the, you know, the crew coming back. Um, I know Simon Pegg came back, Juan Carlo Esposito, Chase Crawford, um, Anthony Starr. So a, a, Elizabeth Shue, like a lot of people from the show, but, the, you know, they had Kumail, Nanjina, uh, Kumail Nanjinani, Aquafina, Michael Sarah, Don Cheadle. So they had a lot of big name actors coming for the roles. And it's something you can watch in one sitting, you know, with eight episodes, only 13, 15 minutes each. It wasn't long, short, sweet. You know what you're getting with the boys. Um, obviously, after Hero Gasm, I've loved. I think I might have ripped before it. I might have banged it out or whatever. But this, I don't know. This, this, it's just smart. It didn't get picked up for season two yet, but I did see Eric Crippy hoping that would get picked up. And if it did, um, each episode would be a little bit longer than you know, thirteen to fifteen minutes. And I, I can't say it's slowing down. The Boys is one of the best shows out right now. It's a blast to kind of continue with the Boys presents Diabolical. We still have the other spinoff live action show that we're getting when they're in college or high school. So I'd expect this to get a season two on Amazon Prime. Check out The Boys Presents Diabolical. I told you before the show that you would like my pick of the week. Yes, you did. I think that that still holds strong. Before I give it tomorrow, today, July 8th, a new series is premiering on Apple TV Plus called Blackbird. I've been looking forward to this one for months uh, I'll let you know how it is, everybody. But if you're interested in like murder mysteries and like super thrillers, it's getting great reviews. Uh, check it out, Blackbird on Apple TV Plus. But my pick of the week—it's <laughs> a documentary. It's—I uh, had to use a VPN to watch it, so it's not necessarily available in the states just yet. But it will be soon, as soon as it finds that streaming home. And it's called Golden Era. The Golden Eye Story. Oh, uh, it's an hour and a half about the making of Golden Eye 007 for Nintendo 64. It's about its development, its release, rare in the 90s, working with Nintendo, being purchased by Microsoft. The uh, the effect that it had on you know console shooters after that, like Halo and such. And I, boy, do I want Mike uh, do I want Mike Minotti to watch this uh, because they lay out pretty easily why Halo was inspired by Goldeneye. And we had a pretty good debate in our interview with him about that. But um, this is a documentary for anybody that loves that Nintendo 64 era, especially Goldeneye, such a special game to me, such a special game to you. Um, and it was an hour and a half. I The first 50 minutes are my favorite part because that's the development, the behind the scenes, all that good gushy stuff. It loses its footing for about 20 minutes there right after that, but it picks up in the last half hour because not only does it go over like the speed running uh, aspect of GoldenEye, but I, there's something else that it goes over uh, the, uh, the Xbox Live remaster that we may be getting soon finally after 15 years of being developed uh so like they even go into that so like it's cool because it covers everything it's really really nice so development speed running just a little bit i mean not much on speed running, but like speed running the the mods the the remasters and then all that stuff it's so so good ben potter does the narration if you're a fan of triple jump the youtube channel he does that but you got all the old rare guys all the development team is in this doing interviews. Grant Kirkhope, our friend of the podcast, we had him on the show, one of the composers of the game. He's on there a ton. Like 
it's so cool to get this behind the scenes. It was going to be a Super Nintendo game. Then it was going to be an on-rail shooter. Then they got they took it off rails. And then how was the multiplayer thrown in at the last minute? Nintendo said, you better not be making multiplayer. They said, we're not, but we totally are. And it became the fucking best part. So an Jeez. unbelievably cool documentary. If you have 90 minutes, Golden Era, a movie about... What does that say? What's the tagline? A movie about the most important video game of all time. And, and uh, where can we watch it? Would you say? Where can we watch this? I had to use a, one of my... Well, I have a VPN, so I had to turn my VPN gotcha. on and I had to watch it. Gotcha. It does not have... It's available in the UK right now, but if you... It does not have a streaming home in the States, but it will soon. I mean, the trailer just went up on IGN, so like it's coming. It's coming soon. Um, so it just doesn't have a home yet, but if you have a VPN or anything like that, if I don't support piracy, but if you are, an, if you are a pirate, go ahead and fucking find it. It's out there. So, nice. uh, yeah, golden era. It's a documentary. Well worth your time. Yeah, I, I definitely have to watch it. You're, you're definitely right. I would, I'm definitely interested in this one. Yeah, man, you're going to nerd out. Oh, it's so cool. And like, you know how uh, some documentaries, when they're telling stories about the past, what they'll do is like a dramatic like a dramatization of it or like they'll put like B roll of the scene happening. You know what I mean? Like something like that. What they did with this is when they tell stories of things that happened in the office, they recreate it in golden eye with golden eye characters. Oh God. With N64 graphics and stuff like that. Like they put, I never knew I needed that. It's so weird and cool. The one guy from Nintendo is like, I walked into the room and in front of me was an N64 with four controllers, but they did it as if he was in the game and they put his face on one of those horrible character models. It was so cool. I loved it. I got all the fuzzies and feels at golden era. If you love golden, era like I do. And Sam does, this will be a treat for you. Just an hour and a half of your time. It's a fantastic. Easy. All right. So it is 13.5 for me, 13 for you in our race to 11 win by two. I'm going to give you the question first, a chance to tie or take the lead. What you got? What was the name of the secret unlockable difficulty level in GoldenEye? Uh, I forget. Oh, oh, shit. Uh, uh, Here are the answers. Shit. Was it the super agent difficulty, the secret agent difficulty, 007 difficulty, or bond mode? Secret agent. Secret agent is actually a normal difficulty. Board. Okay, that's what. Secret agent is actually medium. No, 007. It goes agent, secret agent, double O agent was the hardest, and then 007 was the secret one that you unlock afterwards. And what that was was like almost like a sandbox mode where you can actually tweak the difficulty to fit your style. You can make, you know, guns shoot real hard and then nothing here and nothing. It's a pretty cool thing. You can do whatever you want with the single player, but that's 007 mode after you unlock it. So yeah, there's that. Great question, dude. That was actually a really good one. All right, here we go. What was the first devil may cry game to be released simultaneously, simultaneously for multiple consoles? DMC um, or DMC Devil May Cry 3 or DMC. That's where I'm at. Um, DMC. You are incorrect. 
Devil May Cry it, three. It is Devil May Cry four, actually. Okay, cool. Then I'm, 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 and, and my list was three DMC four and five, so you would have been torn. So yeah, I'm happy because the two I was sold on, it, they were both wrong. <laughs> yeah, so, still, still I'll thirteen. Take it, I'll take it. Still thirteen point five for me, thirteen for Sam. It's thirteen minutes into the pod. Wow, look at that! Look at that for symmetry. Nice thirteen easy. minutes in, thirteen, thirteen and a half, and we got our top story of the week: God of War Ragnarok on Wednesday at nine a.m. Eastern, a week after they said they were going to, but happened to just push it back. They pushed it back a week because they didn't want it to leak, and that's really smart. Make everybody wait seven <laughs> more days. Like the leakers don't get it right and you can release it on your own terms. Really smart move. It's already got millions of likes on social media, 5 million hits in the first 24 hours on YouTube for the trailer. It's insane. This release date, the game is coming on a Wednesday, 11, nine, November 9th pre-orders live next Friday, the 15th. I think they did it for us. They know we do the podcast on Thursday. They figure release on Wednesday. Maybe Sam will take a personal day on Thursday so we can actually play the game and give us some, uh, Got some reactions. I like yeah, it. Yeah, I will. I will also have impressions. Um, maybe not as many as you, because I'll play it at night on Wednesday. But maybe, maybe not. But this is the beautiful thing about Wednesday releases. When Disney pushed their shit to Wednesdays, that was perfect for us. That was the greatest yeah. news ever yep. for us. You know, you have things <laughs> like Stranger <laughs> Things. Like, yes, Wednesday. Yes. <laughs> The, the good thing about things releasing Friday is by the time we want to talk about it, it's been out for six days. We can kind of do spoilers if we want. You know, it's got its flaws because we had to wait six days to talk about Stranger Things. But at the same time, <laughs> things like this where we can give almost instant impressions, instant reactions. Think about when Pokemon Gen 9 comes out. I'm going to have to wait six days to talk about that show or that game. Yeah, but like, you have six yeah. days to beat it. <laughs> I'm putting 200 hours into that game, no matter Jeez. what. I'm I'm at 185 for Legends Arceus now. I'm just You're an absolute a, savage. I have 101 shinies in that game. I'm ready to trade some because I have uh, uh, what's the word duplicates. So yeah. things are happening. But God of War Ragnarok got a 30 second trailer as well, like a father son trailer. CG, you know, nothing crazy. We did get teased with a giant beast at the end. We knew this was going to be a massive giant game and. To have, I think we knew it was coming this year. I think you and I both had confidence. We released this in November. Yeah, we did. I said November 11th. I'll take it. I'll take the fact that I overshot it because now I get it 48 hours before I thought I would. Um, We posted on our Instagram a story about it coming in November. And that's still getting likes now because people are finding it post, post, post. And that's cool. Uh, But this is great news, even though we had an idea and we both thought it was coming. Now to just know, okay, it's coming. It's June, so they wouldn't they wouldn't say it if it wasn't happening. I don't think yeah. this is going to get delayed. It does it feel any different now, knowing for sure that we're getting it this year, or did you kind of already just yeah? I was just accepting it that we probably were anyway. Yeah, I mean, like we said, we we kind of thought it was it was going to be November. Like we know that you know they did plan for a 2021 release of the game, but obviously with COVID, and then they even came out and said Christopher Judge's health problems in August 2019, basically, he was one of the reasons they said, we're going to wait for you to rehab, get better. You know, kudos on them for kind of sticking with, you know, for waiting for Christopher Judge to not just jump into another guy just to, you know, meet their deadlines. They said, you know what, we're going to wait, make sure we do it right, you heal, and I'm all for it. I I can't wait. Yeah, I kind of thought, like... It's just, it's one of those things where it's just so nice to know, like 
it's it's real. It's stamped, and it's what the November nine eight nine days nine days before Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. So I have nine days to put forty hours into this game and beat it. That's a work week. I'm looking at it now. It's like the I feel like it's the only PlayStation exclusive now because it's only come for PlayStation Four and Five. Because like I feel like everything else now it's for everyone. Like God of War is like the last the last man standing. Their slate, they have Stray coming this month, which is, I believe, only to PlayStation. Um, what other, like, PlayStation? I mean, there's going to be more, right? There has to be, because they still haven't done their big showcase for the year. Um, i trying to think of what other games are kind of filling out the PlayStation exclusive slate this year, because you're right. Um, <laughs> I would say... Another game that's a PlayStation exclusive, but that got delayed. We'll talk about that in the gaming section. So that's off the table. There really isn't anything coming this year that we know of. I, again, I think there will be more whenever they have this big showcase. But yeah. right now, what Babylon's Fall? I don't even know if that's a thing. I... Stray for sure. Um, that's that's really it. So we don't we we don't know the rest of their calendar. But really. To have this to look forward to, my PlayStation Five hasn't turned on in quite a while. You know what I think the coolest thing about? Well, not the coolest, but one of the cooler aspects of this coming out in November. Now I can line up replaying the first one around what October-ish, and like kind of whatever the release schedule for with for uh, Nintendo and PlayStation Xbox kind of unfolds for the second half here. I can slot that first one in because I gotta replay that. Yeah. Even though I remember the whole thing, I gotta replay it before we go into Ragnarok. Yeah, and I'm just looking here. The director is Eric Williams. Of course, Corey Barlock, he's the producer, and the writer was Matt Sophus. So I don't know if any of the names mean anything to you. Bear McCreary back as the composer. Alana Pierce's part on the on the writing team, so she has a hand in writing it. I mean, this is just such a big game, such a big project. It's gonna be bigger and better. Sonny sounds like an old man now, so that's gonna be weird that like years ago he sounded like a little kid and now he's like hit puberty like crazy (laughs) it sounds like a place like this is like stranger things video game style but i'm I'm ready to battle that wolf i ain't gonna lie i saw that wolf i was like that's it that's all that does my first boss it it reminds you of the big dragon in the first game but it turns out the big dragon or the serpent i should say in the first game is friendly and you don't fight it so i hope the wolf isn't the same unless i get to ride that shit or something (laughs) (laughs) you know that would be cool if they make a bigger world and there's like some travel uh but uh, at the same time, the, the first game had the boat. You know, a boat's a boat, but the mystery box could be. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Uh, this is something where, again, we get to replay that first one, kind of relive that magic a little bit. Do you have plans to go back and play any of the older God of Wars, even though they're Greek mythology and also that completely different play style? I mean, I, I don't think I'll go back to the old, old ones. I, I always can. I still have the, my, my, the HD PS3s. Um, do I have the PS PS4 collection? I'm sure some of them for PS4. Well, God of War three is on PS4. Got a PS4 standalone release because I own that. So okay, so I mean, you I could I, play I, three would... if you wanted to on your yeah, four. I, I definitely. I mean, I, maybe I'll go back and play the other one just to kind of get used to th- throwing that axe again. But at the same time, I'm I may just stay away and just wait for this and just dive the hell in because it's 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 been a little it's it's been a minute since I played God of War. I ain't gonna lie, like the only game I still been playing is is Team Team and T right now. I'm still. I'm still dabbling. I'm still having my fun. Uh, you you might not play 2018 again, though. 
I mean, I'll definitely play it again before this. I don't, I don't know. Maybe, maybe there's always time if, if I just get in that mode, but I don't know. Sometimes yeah. I just like to wait it out and then just get that game in hand. Then I just go ham. Yeah, that's crazy. I, I think I have to, even though like I, ha- I remember the story, there's a lot of mechanics and stuff. I popped it in for a minute. I played the first like half hour or so of the first one uh, about two weeks ago, kind of anticipating a release date. And just to kind of familiarize myself with the controls, like you got to call the ax back when you throw it with triangle, like little things like that, like that are definitely going to still be in this game, like with the Leviathan ax and everything, just kind of getting my feet wet with that again. Yeah. And again, we know the big twist, obviously we know how it ends. We remember the story, but there's a lot of nuance and there's a lot of things in there. I remember one of my big criticisms was enemy variety. There didn't seem to be a lot of that. That's what I'm hoping this game corrects. It's not every, enemy looks the same there was like nine different enemy types and that's it throughout the whole game and they were just reskins a little bit that doesn't count the bosses the bosses were epic and fantastic so i'm hoping they fix that up a little bit give us a little bit more variety in our standard fights but other than that this is arguably my most anticipated game of the year because there's a couple in 2023 it's between this and pokemon but because we got legends arceus this year and we've only had one trailer for Pokemon, technically two if you count the, the debut trailer. There, I don't really have so, so much hype just yet for that game. I don't know anything about it. I don't even know the region name. So like this is right now my, my most anticipated game of the year. Um, Gen 9, like it's right there. I'm sure they'll yeah. flip-flop all throughout the year. And they're coming nine days apart. So it's a pretty cool thing here that we're going to be able to play games pretty much from November all throughout the rest of the year to take us right in to what should be an exciting 2023. So very, very excited. This is a good date. I'm happy with it. Leave it alone and let's process and move forward. I'm very happy. We we just pray it does not get delayed, but I I think we're good. I'm I'm confident they waited so long to do it. I I have no doubt it's going to come out on November 9th. Do you know why Sam and I are the best in the business, ladies and gentlemen, because we just spent 10 minutes about a release date. That's like it. that doesn't you don't get that you know what I mean that doesn't happen. This is a release date we're talking about. So I am uh, I'm verklempt. Uh, let's move on to our TV okay, section. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Let's move on to our TV section where I've been waiting for, to talk about this. Hell, I've been really waiting to talk about it since part one dropped. We did talk uh, like some very little, very little. You know, but now we're pulling the curtain back and we're going to go full spoiler. So spoiler warning, spoiler warning, spoiler warning. We are going to be talking all Stranger Things, uh, the whole thing, the whole Stranger Thing, uh, part or Stranger Things four parts one and two, all nine episodes. Our top three is going to be a part of that as well. Our top three moments, good, bad, or indifferent. Just our top three moments from the show. I went with hype. I went with my three favorite. Yeah, I, I was going to say, shit, you didn't say bad. I just put all, all good shit. <laughs> I, I did go with three moments that I enjoyed because it wasn't my favorite season. And because I thought it was mediocre, I did want to give it some praise because I still do love Stranger Things. And I still do appreciate and enjoy the big set pieces of the season so i wanted to celebrate those but before i give you my thoughts because sam i brought the receipts uh i have a ton of fucking notes here i just want to know now that it's all done and i still don't know your thoughts on that finale i know your thoughts on episode eight but what'd you think of stranger things four as a whole and then i want to know what you thought about that finale Okay, I mean, as, I, I think I'm probably more aligned with you. I'm not going to jump on the bandwagon and say, oh my God, it was the best season of Strange Things ever, because I would disagree. I still think probably it's probably one one or three. I, I said one, three, four, two, but I'm, 
I think four and two are closer than I originally thought. Um, they're all good. I just don't I mean, know. Two is, is is to me is is, is definitely least for me. And I could probably this I episode could... seven though. I mean, if that episode doesn't, yeah, maybe it's a different story. It's a better season if that episode. Does. But because it does, you got to weigh that in. I like I three more like... than other people do. So I loved three, even though the Russia stuff was stupid. I th- I just thought it was a lot of fun. But this one, not so much. Well, again, but, continue. I mean, I'm sorry to cut you off. I I did. You know, it was definitely it was a long season. You know, nine episodes. You know, I think each episode was over an hour. One it was thirteen was... hours or so in total. Yeah. So it was it was definitely a, a long ass time. Um, so I, I'm kind of I'm actually kind of glad they broke broke it up, even though it was only two episodes. But I'm kind of glad because if you you know, binged all that, that's a lot of time because people would have binged all of it because you know people are racing to make YouTube videos and spoilers are are everywhere. But I, I would say overall, I I thought the season was good. I enjoyed it. I'm, it's it's far from perfect because you still had your I don't know, you definitely had some cringe moments, some lines that I, 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 just, I just thought were cringy or maybe it was cut a lot of scenes. Uh, I would say every character had their moment at, at one point or the other. Like they, they shined, they gave them their moment. Obviously, some more than others. Some maybe kind of took the back burner. But, you know, like like what Will, like I, I look at him like that poor kid's been through so much. Like if he's on the back burner, he's going through his own personal things like i i got the hint that they were throwing down a long time ago i'm sure you did as well and then they didn't flat out say it but they they gave a lot of nods a lot of hints of of what what's going on with will like personally not even just kind of you know the neck tingles but um overall i i liked it i enjoyed it i i liked vecna i thought he was a good villain um, you know the big twist of you know being the number one i was at that, that it wasn't cool. a big was, twist it wasn't a big twist again, I mean, like, that, was, that writing was, was so on the wall yeah, so I wasn't like, oh my god! Like I was like, I, I saw what they were putting down. Like I, I got it. Like they were doing their job. I was just paying attention. I still think that Duff, Duffer Brothers did a good job. Sean Levy is the director. He's definitely did a, a great job as always. The music, I again always slaps. You figure Kate Bush is run up that hill. That that song alone is is she's making more money from that song than she ever thought. All from Stranger Things. I, I thought it was good. Obviously, you know, everyone's going to say Eddie Munson. He was the huge star. Like, I, I thought he was good. Like, I really enjoyed Eddie Munson. People, like our boy Damien was like, Dustin and, and, and Eddie over Steven and Dustin. I was like, no way. I was like, I am still no, a Steven. No. I am yeah. a Steven Dustin guy till the end. Yep. Yep. Me too. Uh, Eddie was uh, my new favorite character by far. Oh and it's God, still, yeah. he had like three moments with Dustin. And then the one I love you line was imp- is improvised. And it was really weird because they barely know each other. The whole thing yeah. takes place for like a week. Let's not forget yeah. it, dude. Yeah. It, no, they are not even close to a new dynamic duo. Forget it. I mean, it doesn't matter. Eddie's dead. Yeah. <laughs> but, so, <laughs> so it doesn't matter. But God, I mean, that was, I, I, those people I, are just weird. True. I, I did enjoy Jamie Cower Bauer as, as Vecna or one however you want to say it. You know, he's he was in a uh, like London Boulevard movie. I know he. I think he was in Rock and Roller. I I know he was in the Fantastic Beast and all that kind of stuff. But the few things I've seen him in, I thought he was good. So to kind of see, obviously when he's all in Vecna, you can't can't tell who he is. But his voice, I I liked it. The Swamp Thing esque, as haunting as it was. Overall, I I thought it was good. I enjoyed it. I just wouldn't say it was the ten out of ten that you hear a lot of people give it. First of all, Vecna is nothing more than Swamp Thing meets Jim Carrey's Grinch. <laughs> that's that's what he is. I mean, there's a shot where Eleven uses her powers on him, and he he's going into like his post in the upside down, and he's 
it's like slow motion. You see him kind of going backwards and he's flailing his arms. And it's like exactly the same shot as when the Grinch is falling in his movie. It, it's, it's just the most wild thing. It's the first thing Ashley thought of. It's the first thing I thought of. We looked at each other like that's fucking Jim Carrey. Like that's what that is. It was, it's so wild. But before I go on my rant, because again, I have the receipts. I took a ton of notes. I want to say that I personally believe that people love this show because it's this show. And I think people are giving it more hype and praise than it deserves because simply it's stranger things. But what I think this show missed on this season is it's everything. Every single thing that happened in this season happened before somewhere else in some other show. There wasn't anything original. And I won't say it was necessarily tropey or it like clinged to uh, stereotypes of horror or thrillers or anything like that. But like the big villain monologue, check like plot armor, check fake out deaths, check a oh, whole yeah. ripping apart the, the upside down into the real world check. Like it did everything. Everything that it did has been done before stranger things just did it all at once. And in a show where that already has a beloved audience where quite frankly, it's fan base kind of accepts whatever. It reminds me a lot of game of Thrones, which is again, one of my favorite shows that fumbled at the end. And I was able to call that out. This is not to that level, not even close because I still thought it was a decent season. I don't think it was a 10 out of 10. I don't think it was a nine and eight or a seven out of 10. It was a five or a six out of 10, which is perfectly fine. It took up 13 hours of my life. I'll watch it again before five in two years. That's the only other time I'll watch it. Shit. I, feel like I've seen it a hundred times already with all the YouTube videos and Twitter things anyway. But that is not to say that I'm not a huge Stranger Things fan because I am. And that's why I'm so passionate and care so much and want to talk about it in this way. Anybody who listens to this podcast knows I'm a huge Stranger Things fan. It's still a top five or 10 show of all time for me. And that, and I want to say also that I personally believe they can make up for all of this. All of this fumble that, in my opinion, was season four, they can make up for all of it in season five, especially because they haven't started writing it yet, because they won't write it until August, even though it's storyboarded and they have an idea of where it's going and they know the overall plot. That doesn't mean things can't change and they can take more risks in this final season. I still have faith, although... The way people are kind of anointing season four into sainthood, I'm kind of afraid they're going to just copy and paste that for season five. Like they've done literally every season. Season two, introduce Bob, kill everybody loves Bob, kill Bob off. Season three, everybody loves Billy, kill Billy off. Season four, everybody loves Eddie, kill Eddie off. They've done it every year. It's fucking tiring. I'm hoping that the best... Uh, that the final season will be the best. I'm hoping they will pull no punches. I'm just afraid that they won't. Yeah, as we were watching, I mean, the first thing I said to, to Kelly, I said, obviously, they're going to have to have a death. I said, I know everyone likes Eddie. He's going to have to go. Um, I was, I would like to see one more. We we did have it. And then for they one minute said, and eight seconds or whatever. And and I was like, oh, my God, like, that was great. It, I, to me, it was like. I, I felt it, it was it was right. It was powerful. Like that was the big hit that I feel like, you know, to get like the like a, a long member of the team. Like, yeah, we just met Eddie. Like, yeah, he's cool, but we just met him. They Max do it every is, year. They do it every I, year. Ex, ex, again, that, that's why I wasn't shot when I saw it. I was like, yeah, here it comes. Okay, yeah, well deserved. I get it. Also, but, also Alexi in season three, a new character yeah. everybody loved gets shot at the carnival and dies. So because Billy was technically season two, but still, point being, they do it every season. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I, 
like especially the max thing and you know to kind of give like 11 she i guess she just got a new power that we all just accept i'll get to that too i have notes on that because there was a twitter exchange i had that i just don't understand but yeah i i just i I just i felt like it would have just hit more if she went like so to me like if she comes back the next season, like, okay, she has to be at least blind, right? Cause she never got her eyesight back. Cause she was kind of already half gone. Like, I don't know. I, I, there's just some, some, I definitely, I have some gripes there. Like that would, wouldn't have been my way to keep it. And then I, I saw their, I think it was, I think it was a Duffer brothers or one of the writers saying stranger things. We're not in Westeros, you know, hinting at like, you know, Game of Thrones. Hawkins, we don't, yeah. we don't just ax everyone. Like, I get it. But like, you could have gave us an effort, everything that happened. The only one that we we lost was Eddie, which just comp- and it was it was a pointless death too, and it didn't even need to happen. Now he didn't necessarily know that at the time because how does he know where they're at? But to lure them away from a house that they're already in makes no sense. The bats don't go in the house. There was no reason for him to go back into there and cut the. Why even cut the thing? Don't cut the thing. The cutting the thing's stupid. You're gonna need to get out eventually, bro. As soon as he cut the the sheet, it was over for him, yeah, and we all you, knew it. You, and- you knew that was it, yeah. We knew it was coming anyway because it was predictable because that's what the season was. Every single thing about it. There were no stakes. There was no predictability. I'll get to Max in a moment. I'll get to Eleven's magical healing powers in a moment. Max is going to probably be blind. That's probably going to be Vecna's vessel because Vecna physically will be dead or at least we hope so, even though he magically Michael Myers or Jason himself out of a burning building. and yep, His body's gone. His body is magically gone, just like the first Halloween movie, which is, again, another thing they did that we've seen before. And he's going to need a new vessel. I'm sure it'll be through Max. Max's limbs were literally broken in. They were broken so bad you could have invented a new direction. And then all of a sudden in the hospital, they're all just perfect. Two days. Only two days have passed. But she's perfectly fine and in a, in a coma. In real life, that person's on life support, bro. In a, one of those hanging body casts. They dead. <laughs> they like dead. seriously, they're bleeding out. There's all. There's no way. There, she was bleeding from her eyes. There's just no way that Matt Eleven saying, "It's not your time," was enough to just bring her back, and then everything's fine. And yeah, how did I the police shit. get there? I, I'm like, I don't want to come back. Blind, I'm dead. Let me go. Let me go. So, so she's internally bleeding. She's got all this shit going on. There's literal hell ripping through the attic of where she's at. But the cops got there, the ambulance who called the EMT. This is the eighties. There were no cell phones. How did help get there? If there's a literal hole being ripped throughout the town at the same time, who got her there? Let, tell me that because it's still a giant plot hole and they haven't answered it. So yeah, she's uh, mad. Uh, so they're trying to say before the whole rip through everything that that one last phone call went through to 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 call nine one one for. for who what, else could, what else? Could, what else could they say? Did the Krill House have a working landline? I doubt it. Like it just doesn't make any sense to me how that all happened. And then like the after that scene where they magically just cut to black after Eleven says you have power, you're you're not dead yet. It says two days later, and all the kids are driving into Hawkins from the van from L or from Nevada. So like Mike and Will and them, and then all these cars are processing out. Bro, it took you two days to pack your shit and leave. No, an evacuation don't work that way. It took two days, and then they show people scrambling to run to their car. The thing was two days ago. There's been giant holes ripped in your town for 48 hours. You say, you know what? Now's a good time to go. The procession of cars made literally zero sense. And let me start here. Let me let me back up a little bit. Let me start here. This season was huge. Yep. It had amazing set pieces. It had an excellent soundtrack, like you alluded to. And it has the advantage of being an established property that people love. And it's also coming off of a three-year absence. 
Like there could have been very few things this show is going to do that people would hate simply because, wow, we're getting new Stranger Things for the first time since before the pandemic, which yeah. is crazy to think. Of course, people are going to love it because it's more of a thing they love. The trailers gave away way, 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 way too much to the point where I believe we said this in our previous discussion that I, I knew what was going to happen simply because I didn't see things that I saw in the trailer yet. I knew that the Demigorgon thing uh, in the season, in episode seven was going to happen in Russia with Hopper lightning and the torch and because it didn't happen yet. And it was in every friggin' trailer. So like, yeah. that's just one example of way too much. I think to me, I might've liked this season more if I didn't watch a single trailer because it gave away so damn much. We knew Eddie was going to play his guitar on the roof of the thing and it didn't happen. It didn't happen. It didn't happen. And you knew that when it did, it was going to be that thing. By the way, how did they get power? I just want to say, how did they get power to the upside down? Because they didn't pull it through. No, uh, that's what's going is it. Didn't they have extension cords through the hole? Yeah, but I don't see it go through the hole. I mean, that's what I'm going to believe. And that's what I hope, yeah. but boy, that's, that's a that, weird that, thing. That's, that's what I thought. I thought I remember seeing cables going he, through the he hole because I thought the cable. same thing. I, say it again. He pulled a cable. I just don't think it was through the portal because we never saw. But I'll, I'll let that one go. That's such a small little nitpicking. Yeah. But, you know, I think this was so damn predictable because we saw so much in the trailer. But the whole thing was predictable. Start to damn finish from Chrissy to Fred to Max, to the big twist of Vecna slash one. Uh, we saw it coming a mile away. Nothing about it was shocking. And that's okay, too. If you want to play it predictable, fine. But if you're going to play it predictable, don't play it so fucking safe. And this yeah. is where I'm going to start our discussion that you had brought up a few minutes ago, because this is something that's been bothering me to high heaven, and we just all are supposed to accept it. And so many people out there just do. And I don't understand it. I'm still sitting on my one thing. Okay, but you go, you go. Eleven has these magical powers of resurrection, and they're just going to tell us that now. They never hinted at it once. They never explained it afterwards. And we're just supposed to say, yeah, okay, that's a thing we accept. I just don't understand how everybody's just like, whoa, a new power. Cool. Without any context or basically her earning that right to have that power. And if she did have that power, why are all the kids from the Hawkins massacre dead? And why didn't she go get Eddie and resurrect him too? No. And and that, that's a great point. Even, even when she said, no, it's not her time. And I was like, she's, she's going to revive him. And I was like, like you said, there wasn't no hint. There wasn't at a possibility that you could do this. There was nothing. It was just, okay, no, we're not going to let her go. And I was like, ah, oh. I, I don't know. It, to me, it, it took from like when she first passed, like I was like, oh shit. Like I was wondering up. I, even I knew it was like, like she, I don't know. I felt like they needed, they needed to let her go. And then they said, you know what? No, er, Eddie's going to have to be enough. And I, I don't know. I just, I think that was the wrong move. And I'm not one of the people that's that was oh my god eleven new power. I was like oh really that's where the writing went. Ugh. If and it's happened before the it's not your time to go give you a magical touch on the heart and everything's all better. They've done that. Other shows have done that before and it sucked then and it sucked now. Let's call it what it is. It was dumb. It was very dumb. And I feel if they would have killed off Max because th- there is still Will. Will is still around. Use Will as Vecna's vessel. 
Will is hiding a secret about his true self that nobody knows about yet. Let Vecna use that to his advantage in season five and let Will be the catalyst and Will be the villain. Kill off Max for those stakes. You already pushed out on Hopper, who should be dead. You pushed out on killing Eddie and Alexi and Billy and Bob. You've killed them all. And they were literal zero consequence characters. You And who of the main group is dead? You had a chance to do that with Max, who, by the way, isn't even technically a part of the main group. She came in in season two. So she like nobody like Steve, same, same wounds as Eddie. I'll get to that mm-hmm. magically, perfectly fine. But Eddie died. But like, if they would have killed her off Max, I'm talking about now. Wow. Wow. What a difference I would have had about this season, because That's just exactly, like you, exactly. Just like you, I've heard so many people when she was running through Vecna's lair in episode four, I was like, oh my God, she's going to die. And I was like, oh my God, no, she's not. I never once for a single second thought she was going to die at the graveyard scene. Never once, especially because that song was playing in the background. You don't have that song playing in the background, her song that saves her and then her die with that song playing. It would have lost all meaning to even have a song like that as a part of the soundtrack. But when it's going on in this, in the attic, I think either Lucas or Jason steps on the thing. They don't even like zoom in on that. It was actually pretty subtle and really well done that they step on her headphones. So that that was lost. I was like, Oh my God, she's got no music. There's no way to do this. And I felt just like you did that pit of my stomach. They did it. Oh my God. And then all of a sudden they take that away. Just like Hopper. They didn't even wait until the freaking next season. They waited till an end credit scene, which by the way, the season didn't have, and it really needed one. I thought, they just pushed out again, and I would have liked the season so much more if they had the balls to kill off Max. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I, I do love this scene where she, she's running. I thought the way that was shot, I thought that was great. Just the payoff at the end, they didn't tag it, and they just they went the other route. I mean, there's not there's not more you can say. I I don't know. I she's this, gonna, this she is going to be she's going to be Vecna's vessel because he's going to live through her. Yes, she oh, may well, be blind. But it's, it could have been, and it should have been Will. And, and that's why you had a chance to still kill her off and have yeah. a perfectly acceptable vessel for Vecna or whomever the, the season five villain will be to go through. And then you can keep it all in Hawkins. You can keep it all with the original small group, including Robin. And I think her name is Jackie or whomever, Vicky. I can't remember her love interest's name. But like you can even introduce her in a bigger way, Molly Ringwald 2.0, and like <laughs> yeah, really yeah, make yeah, it perfect. feel... A big season, but in a small fashion. That's what I'm hoping season five delivers is like a big scale production, but in a small, safe, Hawkinsy environment. And they they're they're just they blew it with Max here. And to say eleven just has powers. So Ryan Airy put out on Twitter, uh, what plot holes do you see in season five? And so I had to chime in with a couple of mine. I had more, um, but I really wanted to to just like just kind of put it out there. And so I said what I said, and someone said to me, <clears throat> and I quote, it's got, it got some action too, which was fun. Jar of Geek says, L's power of resurrection could have simply been a telekinetic heart massage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love hold on. that. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Oh. And, and he, that's, that was his reasoning as to why that her power was not a plot hole which I believe it is a plot hole. And I said, the fact that you have to say could have been a telekinetic heart massage makes it a plot hole. He said, 
I have always thought a plot hole was something unexplainable. It took me just a couple of minutes th- uh, of thinking to come up with this reasonable explanation within the rules of the show. Again, I said, with all due respect, a telekinetic heart massage isn't reasonable at all. It's not even within this show's rules or universe. There's zero precedent of anyone with resurrection powers. And if she's had them, she could have brought back Eddie and all the kids in the lab. He said, it could have been the same as if Lucas had started CPR. Max died from shock. Eddie was blood loss. Oh, well, by the way, Steve should have been then. And Eleven could have used her abilities for remote CPR. Like, this is how far people are going to defend this. And then CPR. Somebody chimed in in defense of this guy saying L can make someone pee their pants. It's not a stretch that can, she can manipulate other parts of someone's body. And my response to that ridiculous nonsense was that my friend is a stretch. You just compared the ability to make a living person pee their pants to the ability of making a dead person not dead. Completely different <laughs> literal realms of living. And he said, then I got attacked by the original guy again. You reach inside and squeeze the heart rhythmically and still it starts beating. Surgeons do it all the time. L just doesn't need the scalpel. I'm curious as to why this is difficult for you to accept. And then he's getting all the likes. He's getting all the likes. Who knew 11? It was a fucking surgeon. Bro, and then and then the, the other guy that said uh, the pee the pants line comes back and he says... It's not a stretch. The show has established time and time again that her powers can control the world around her. Helping a heart pump isn't outside of the realm of reasoning. You don't have to like it, but that's not a plot hole. Is she God? <laughs> like, like, and at that point I gave up and I stopped responding because like, it's one of those things where you're just not going to change someone's mind and yeah. people will go to great lengths to defend this show. And at the same time, bro, you don't have to, you can just say, well, that was weird. Where that was dumb, and then just move on with your life, because that's really where I'm at. Is this was just a dumb line for a dumb thing that they didn't have to do? Max should be dead. Hopper should be dead. The cast should be shrinking, not growing. <sighs> I just have a real big problem with that. With the L thing, it's really weird. Yeah, I mean, can I, can I jump into my thing? I know I mentioned it absolutely. To you. So the one thing again, because you mentioned Hopper, and it, it jumped right to my mind. Having you know. Having Hopper in it, we, we, so like again, this whole this whole season, I, I told you I was like, Hopper survives no matter what. He does not die no matter what. He, a, a nuclear bomb could come, <laughs> Captain Planet's going to come. Like he's not dying. He's not. Nope. He is. Yeah. They are not going to tease his death what he did last season, and then just have him die next season. No, no way. So I never had any. There was no stakes with Hopper at all for me. Like, at all. They should have kept that tease hidden the entire time. Should have never have told us this entire time. That, that's yep. just me. If so, I, I think we no. said it before. If Joyce just gets that letter in the mail from him saying he might be alive, now we're talking. But because we knew it the whole time, no stakes. Lost yep. all, like, lost all meaning, I guess. Yeah. And, and my battle is, you know, when in Russia, when the whole breakout, all everyone's out. Fires explode. The demigorgons killed all everyone, and Hopper's walking back in there to, to face him. And then, uh, our dude burns him. He's burned alive. You know, uh, what tells his name? Who he was great, by the way. Twenty guys' name, Murray. Murray's the man. He was great. He that was Murray's his moment. Yeah, that was his moment. I loved. I kept it off my top three, but I did love that moment. But I left it off because fucking Conan's sword is just sitting right by Hopper's feet to just perfectly just chop his head off i was like 
Really? And did, I think someone took a picture of it when they opened up the guns, like there was a sword in the top corner. There's no reason this sword is in the middle. There's no reason a sword is it would ever even be out of the goddamn jail, let alone at the middle of the pit of the yard to fight this demigory. I, it kind of took me out of it completely when Conan's sword is next to him and he's fighting a demigory. I'm surprised that the theme for that wasn't because it feels like a dumb song like that would have been perfect as Hopper all of a sudden is a swordsmith. And it's like, how does this guy learn how to use it? He's a small town sheriff in Indiana. He's not a fucking gladiator. All right. Like this isn't the pit. And so like the Demigorgon, which by the way, can leap and run and jump and crawl faster than a human can blink is all of a sudden getting chopped to bits by this human and he's trying to swipe at him and Hopper's just like playing limbo. No. With like a fucking pack of Skittles, like the rainbows that are trying to bend backwards. Like, bro, this thing tore apart dozen people by itself. And all of a sudden, because it's a little burnt and shot, you can kill it with a sword. No, 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 no. All, it would swipe one time. You were dead. You know, my biggest problem with that wasn't even the sword. My biggest problem with that was Murray's at the top. He shoots it all with a flamethrower. And then as you see Hopper running with it at the sword, you see Murray in the top corner, like cheering him on. It's like, no, use the flamethrower again. Yep. Just keep shooting it. it. I mean, did did they hint that he ran out of gas or something? I don't know. I I didn't think I saw that. I watched it twice and I never saw him like, you know, like tap on it or like smack it or be like shake it or anything to indicate. Like I'm out, I'm out. Like say something. Anything. You had 13 hours. You could have plugged that in there. And it's like, <laughs> I, I really feel like. seconds to say on the I could have lived with. <laughs> and like, because he, he still has it in his hand, like when he's cheering him on, I'm yeah, like, just yeah. point it at it and shoot it again. Like, yeah. if I'm Hopper, I'm closing that cage and I'm just going, Murray, shoot again, bro. Yeah, I had something along that in my notes as well. But like, that was just. I'll say I'll write or I'll read what I wrote because it agrees with what you said. The Russia okay. storyline was still so, so dumb. Hopper killing a demigorgon with a sword was the dumbest shit I ever saw, especially with Mary just sitting up there like, bro, I got a fucking flamethrower. That's what I wrote in the moment. But like, I completely agree with you. And I still think the whole Russia storyline was stupid. The whole kids in California slash Nevada thing was just so stupid. Like, this is how useless Mike will Jonathan and the P and Argyle were this season. This is how useless they go to the pizza shop. Okay. Which we all knew was coming. As soon as he said, well, there's like a pizza shop in Nevada, bro. Cool. And then they show up and that one guy behind the counter couldn't act to save his fucking life. Um, but you know, it was funny. Argyle's super funny. So like I, I enjoyed it. And then they close the door, they lock him up. And when L is uh, piggybacking and fighting Vecna the whole time, all the four of those other kids are doing are holding her hand going, L, you can do it. You got this, L. Stay strong. Fight. Like, that's really their big thing this season is just standing around watching someone else fight telekinetically. It they, didn't make any sense to why well, they, they had, had nothing else. Time. There was nothing else for them to do. There's, so that's all yeah. they had to do was sit there. I, I, this, I, I, I agree with you. I agree. And it's, that's my point. The writing was there yeah. for them not to have to do anything. That's why you didn't have to send all these different people off into all these different corners of the world. Keep them in Hawkins. And the, the, the season would have been better off if it was eight or nine hours and not 13. Yeah. You could have chopped four hours off this and it would have literally made it better. So like what I feel like they're doing is they're avenging us. 
Like this season felt more like an Avengers movie than it did Stranger Things. They're killing off side characters, but the main cast is safe no matter what. My my man falls out of the sky and breaks his leg. War Machine, really? My man's dead. My man's dead. So instantly, like, instantly, instantly, like instantly, like body crumbles under all that. And so like, there was no point to keep him alive. Same with Max. We, I don't, I don't want to retread those tires too much, but like the fact that, that Max is just on a road to recovery all of a sudden in two days with, by the way, giant holes ripped in the town, but the hospital is still like, yeah, we're good. There's not an emergency at all. You can have visitors in what world with a town on fire, like visiting hours doesn't make sense. By the way, I'll move on. Uh, my biggest gripe with the season, and this is because Eddie is my favorite character of the season. It's not because he died. If you want to kill off a character, fine. If you want to make us love somebody and then kill him off, fine, but make it earned. And this is my all overall biggest point of contention. Probably the whole season. Steve got torn the fuck apart by those Demi bats. I don't want to hear it. Somebody wrote, there was only two on Twitter, like going back at me. I'm like, okay, did you miss the one around his neck? First of all, because he got he had literally a red line around his neck the whole se- season because it choked him so hard, but he's fine. And then he also got both of his sides eaten the fuck out like a damn ice cream cone. Like you're telling me <laughs> that a couple of ace bandages and 24 hours healing and he's just like a OK. He didn't favor it like a bad wrestler kind of selling an injury. He doesn't touch it. It doesn't get sore. Nobody bumps it. He can run just fine. All of that was so dumb how he literally heals like fucking uh, Kimiko from the boys, just healing powers for Steve. <laughs> but Eddie dies after getting attacked the same way because one bit at his neck. Are you yeah, kidding I, I, me? I think I always saw him like a bit twice and I was like, oh, he's dead. And it was so bad. It was so bad. You knew from the second he said, I run, that his death was going to come by not running. It was so set up, so predictable. And Dustin, they so like, okay, why did they only show Dustin mourning his death and not even Nancy, Steve, and Robin's reactions? Like, they literally had to find him. They came back from the Creel house. They had to go back into the real world. So they had, and they had to be with Dustin. So Dustin had to say, Eddie didn't make it. You had 13 hours. You couldn't show us some more emotion. They just had an emotional send off where Eddie says to Steve, like, take care of them. Da, 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 da. So you couldn't f- show them feeling bad for their friend dying. He died alone or with Dustin at best, his new BFF all of a sudden. And so like, where was that? Where were the other people that felt bad for this guy? We all loved him, but you couldn't show that. And why the hell? Why the fuck? Didn't Eleven piggyback into Dustin's world and revive Eddie? Even if she didn't know him, the rest of the kids did. They could have told her, hey, we love this guy. He means the world to us. Can you maybe like come into my mind real quick? Go back to the salt tank. Come into my mind and do me a favor. Bring this guy back because he's really important to us. Hey, no can sense. I can I say something that stuck out to me so bad? I don't know if it stuck out to you, but it was definitely uh, – it aggravated me. Yeah, let's do it. Dustin's limp. Ashley, Ashley was laughing her fucking ass off because it was so pronounced. Like he got worse, he got hurt worse than Steve did, and Steve got eaten. Dude, <laughs> this guy yo, he like, fell on go, his leg. If you go back and watch when he falls, and then the like, you see him walking in different moments in different scenes, and there's scenes where he doesn't limp, and then there's scenes where he over limps, and it 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 stuck out to me so bad. It was yeah. like the only time where I was like, Dustin, you you should never fell. Like they just. 
they just threw him a sore ankle just to give him some type of injury in the show, which they shouldn't have because his limping was absolutely horrible and almost took me out of that last moment of like the heart. It's what was supposed to be the heart fell for Eddie. Like, oh, where, where's your son? Oh, he's he's gone. But here's his necklace. Oh, how'd you get it? Where's nephew. his body? Nothing. Nephew, technically. Nephew. Yeah. He fell in the earthquake or whatever it was. Yeah, like, fall in, that was it. They swallowed him up. But his necklace magically <laughs> fell off and I caught it. Uh-huh. He's, he was swallowed by Mother Earth. Oh, okay. I'll just accept that. I'm like, no problem. They didn't. And the news was like, the news was like, Eddie Munson, uh, uh, suspected of these murders, but we think he died in the earthquake. Like, what the fuck? You don't even know where he's at. How do you know that? How do you just assume that? How do you assume that he died yeah. in the earthquake? That's the dumbest thing. What about Jason? Jason got ripped in half. Nobody said a goddamn <laughs> word about him. Everybody just forgot about him. That's what, just so the, weird. The, the student? Yeah. Was yeah. It, the, okay, okay. I couldn't think of his name. Yeah. And so, like, it was just so dumb. And I agree. Like, when you, they showed him fall, the first time I saw it, I was like, wait, I didn't even realize he got hurt because all he did was scream. I just thought he landed on his arm or something like that. And he doesn't even limp that bad running, literally running to save Eddie. So he could run there. But when he's at the shelter, he's walking like Lieutenant Dan. Give me a break. Give me a break. It was bad. <laughs> it was. It was real bad. It, it, it was my one nitpick that I, it, it stuck out to me. Like I, I can't, I can't forgive it. It, it, was, it was too bad. Sorry, Dustin. Another, another nitpick that I have that it really bothers me too was when Nancy, Steve, and Robin are in the upside down version of the Krill House and they're stepping over the vines. And how many fucking times are they going to tell us it's a hive mind? We get it. Thank you. And then they walk up the steps and uh, the tentacles get them all and strangle them all up against the wall, bro. They were there for 10 good minutes, at least, getting literally choked. There is 0% chance they live. Zero. If I'm getting asphyxiated for 10 minutes, yeah. like 30 seconds and it's a good time. 10 minutes, bro, they're dead. You can't live that long being choked. You can't hold your breath. So I thought that I was mean, unless he was play- Unless he was playing foreplay, but from the looks of it, I, I agree. They were definitely choked for too long. I, I agree. I mean, I, I'm going to agree. They were choked for the whole fight. The whole 11 versus Vecna fight at the dance. They were being choked that whole time. Dude, if someone's behind me choking me, if it ain't Ashley, I'm dead. That's it for me. <laughs> so, like, I got I just like 30 seconds max. A hundred times out of a hundred, they die from asphyxiation and they should have. And it was bullshit then. Like, but everybody just accepts it. The You know how you fix that scene? Don't have the tentacles wrap them around the neck. Just go arms and legs and try to stop them from moving and hold them there because that's ultimately all they did was holding there until they magically got down and shot Vecna six times with a shotgun while he was on fire, throwing alcohol bottles at him that he could have just telekinetically just moved, but he didn't. Whatever. I'll let that one slide too. Uh, uh, but anyway, I, I, I guess I'll digress. Um, they just let him down and everything's fine. Just don't go him by the neck because at least yeah. then I could say, all right, then they weren't being choked so they can live. But as soon as they wrapped it around its neck, they're dead because remember the bats did it to Steve and Eddie and both of them got, were choking too. So like, it's not like it just, the inconsistencies were just driving me nuts. The flash forward to two days later, I already talked about that. They're just yeah. now leaving. That was weird. Um, oh, okay. Two more. And then I'm good. Two more. And then I'll talk about okay. some things I liked about it. I've said this one before. I'll say it again. And my, the answer to this one was this will, this will get, make you laugh too. The answer. Somebody gave me this one on Twitter. The diary 
when they originally go into the upside down in part one, Nancy sees her diary in her room. She opens it up. It's November 6th, I believe 1983. And you're supposed to say, Oh wow. The upside down really started when will got trapped in it. And the demigorgon brought him in through the portal. That's a really cool thing. However, after the episode seven finale, where you realize L put uh, Henry Creel, AKA Vecna, AKA one through the upside down and banished him as we'll say into there. We now know that the first portal wasn't actually in 1983. It was in 1979, four years earlier during that massacre. But I guess that doesn't count because it would have ruined the cool plot point. That diary should have read 1979, not 1983. That drives me nuts that they just well, didn't want to do that because it would have yeah. given away the twist. Yep, exactly. Yep. Yeah. So it was just like, and so, oh, by the way, somebody's answer to me when I said that was, it's all part of the mystery. Oh. That's <laughs> your yeah, like, no, like you said, there's like, the, the Dumbo could be on the screen, like, oh, it's Stranger Things. So yeah, like, they'll just believe anything at this point. Like you said, it's all part of the mystique, bro. You're giving the writers way too much credit. Way yeah. too much credit. And I don't ever expect the show to be perfect. I have issues with some of C- Better Call Saul season six, but overall, it's structure and it's like story makes total sense so far. The things that are happening make total sense. And in these last six episodes, we'll see if they carry that out. But like those things that are happening are not making me suspend my disbelief where all these other things are. Howard got shot in the fucking head. He's dead. Eddie got pricked at by some bats and he's like, I didn't run Dustin. Did I No, it was stupid? And my final thought, and this is not mine. I actually was re uh, watching another video. I didn't watch too many cause I wanted to gather my own thoughts, but there was one particular video where it said stranger things is kind of dumb, isn't it? And it came out actually between the two seasons. So I actually saw this video before episodes eight and nine. And I've wanted to say this for a while. I forgot in, in our original uh, uh, breakdown of it. But so this is not my thought. This is um, Alex something on YouTube. I can't remember his name or his channel. I'm very sorry. Uh, Eleven in part one is getting bullied to shit by that one girl to the point where she gets the milkshake thrown on her and everybody's bullying her and all that stuff. Right. And so uh, we see that. But in season one. Right. And we also know, by the way, that uh, back when she's when they show the massacre, the day of the massacre in Hawkins Lab leading up to that, a lot of the kids in there are giving her shit, too. Like they're pushing her and kind of bullying her in the massacre. So we know in 1979 she's getting bullied. But in season one, if you think back to it and remember it, she helps Mike uh, when those two kids like take him hostage and put the knife to their throat and everything. And she makes him pee his pants and like she yeah. fucks up the bully. When Mike's explaining to her bullying, she says, bullying what's bullying and she has to like learn what bullying is but that was 1983 so the show said in season one she has no idea what bullying is even though even though four years earlier four years earlier she gets bullied and understands it and takes care of it then so like we're going to conveniently forget all of a sudden that she was bullied in the massacre in season four they show that so like that's another point of this show writing itself into a corner and almost forgetting much like they did with Will's own birthday. They forgot Will's birthday and owned up to it. They've like almost forgotten things they've written previously and we're just supposed to accept it. And I think yeah. that's my overarching point. Whatever you want to nitpick on the bullying thing. Fine. It's the fact that they're just writing whatever and thinking, you know what? Fuck consistency. Screw, uh, you know, plot, uh, uh, 
threads. And you know what? Our fans, they'll just accept it. I have more, but I'll let the rest go for now. I've said my piece enough. It makes it sound like I hate the season or hate the show. (laughs) And I don't. I enjoyed it just fine. Episodes one, four, and eight were really good. Um, Both finales, part one and part two's finales, missed completely for me. Uh, I don't need monologues. Vecna gave one and one gave one. They put like, I don't need it, man. It was rough, but I, I like a lot of it and I love the show still. So I don't want that to go on. Uh, yeah, like you said, it's still a top five, top 10 shows. We, we still love it. No show's perfect. The show had some plot holes that you pointed out that I didn't even actually think of. So solid point. Let's go into the positives, though, because there were things to like. So we have our top three. Each of us win our top three moments of Stranger Things for Sam. Kick us off. My number three, it could be a cop out, but it is the Eddie Munson guitar scene. Having the Master of Puppets, to have the Metallica song. You know, again, we like you said, the distraction. I know to me, the only distraction was just to get the bats away from the house to get them in. Once they're in, that's it. Like you didn't have to distract anything. They could have left and been fine. But I, I get it, you know, they, they they needed a death and they got his. But I thought the moment, the song, the three and a half minute scene of everything, of of kind of everything building, of getting to that climax, I thought was awesome. And I was so fucking hyped for this moment. Yeah, uh, the the reason that will never make my list is for two reasons. Two reasons, two reasons. Yeah, I mean, we saw it in every single trailer at every single moment, but it's still it was still amazing. And the solo was great. The fact that he like kisses the necklace and says, Chrissy, this one's for you, bro. You knew her for like three days. Not even. You knew her for like 25 minutes. You met her twice. Now you did see her die in front of you, so I'll give you that. But at the same yeah. time, Dustin Dustin goes, 30 seconds, 20 seconds. Those bats were flying so slow. 30 seconds. You saw them. Doesn't take 30 seconds to get there. That was weird. It's but like secondly, a minute and a half to fly. But, but secondly, but secondly. If all you were doing was drawing them away so they can go into the house, they needed to be drawn away for what? 15 seconds and then you could have done whatever. Why did you keep playing that solo for 30 seconds to draw them all the way to you? That doesn't make any sense. All you need to do is draw them away from the house, not all the way to you. So when they're playing and playing and playing, I'm like, well, bro. All you needed to do is get him away from the house. That's it. That's all you you, you did. Your (laughs) mission accomplished when, when you see them, go into the house that'll yeah. give you 30 seconds not five they could have had 30 seconds to get into the house the bats still would have been flying somewhere looking for the noise not finding it not going back to the house that still would have accomplished what they wanted to accomplish and they could have been sitting in that cage like all right we did our job cool <laughs> but but you got dustin yelling out by the way no chance in hell eddie hears him because he's just rocking out i play guitar i've had amps on i've been at concerts you can't hear someone going T minus 30. Like it was just, you, you couldn't hear it. And Eddie's yeah. just like, he's like looking at him like, yep, I hear you fully. I understand what you're saying. I'm shaking my head. It, it's a great moment and a great scene and a great solo, but it was so unnecessary at least to go on as long as it did. So that's why yeah. it's not going to be my number three. My number four is actually Max's graveyard scene in episode four. Mm. Um, it, I didn't think the episode, everybody said, oh, episode four, dear Billy, best episode ever. I disagree. I don't think it was the best episode ever. I don't think it was the best episode of the season. Uh, I think episode one was easily the best episode of the season. But I do think that that was one of the best moments of the show's history. And it was predictable. You knew Max was going to live. Or at least I did. I had zero thought that she was ever going to die. 
Uh, but you know what? That song playing so perfectly, her uh, being surrounded by being surrounded by those dead bodies, her being up kind of choked against the wall, da da da, and just, you know, running and all of Vecna. I mean, if you're Vecna, stop being stupid and dropping things behind her, put yeah. some things in front of her, yeah. drop I'm, giant rocks in front of her, not on top. And, like, and so that was weird, but I'm going to jump in. It, it's my number two. The Mac, I put, I just put Max's escape of kind of, you know, everyone cheering her on. They put the music on. I just love the visuals of her, just her face. It, it was really the actress of her just Sink, running. Sink to- was amazing. This whole season, she was amazing. Yeah. And, and and I think that's, that's like, she had to get her spot. She she deserves, even though she should have died, she herself, she was fantastic. This scene, her running, the fear on her face, I felt her fear. Like you said, the rocks were falling. Kate Bush song playing in the background. Everything was perfect. The moment was perfect. And I, it was truly one of the best moments for me in the season. An underrated, amazing part of that scene is when she does finally fall and she escapes and Lucas has her in her arms. I think she says, I didn't want to go. I wasn't ready. And he said, I thought I was going to lose you. And the, like, the line delivery was really good. Their chemistry was off the charts in that scene. And like, nobody talks about that because everybody's so coming off this big giant running scene and she comes through, but it listen back to it. If you watch it again, listen back to the subtle words they say to each other. When she comes back, it's super heartwarming. Thought it was fantastic. My number two is it's kind of two scenes, but it's one scene. It's Chrissy's arc. Um, mm. I I actually, you know, we only got one episode of her and I really wanted more. I actually, for a character we know nothing about, don't really even care about. I thought that she had a really fascinating arc because she was Vecna's first victim. And they, what I thought this show did really well was not overtly tell you Vecna's motivations. Like within 10 seconds, we know Thanos wants the stone so he can snap the world and get rid of half the population to make it perfect and balanced. We know that. But even still right now, we still don't know a hundred percent of why Vecna's doing what Vecna's doing. So to understand that there's just this big scary motherfucker chasing and fucking with this girl's mind to the point where she wants to buy drugs off of Eddie Munson and like her trippy ass scenes. When you saw her mom with that fucked up face in the sewing thing, that got me. That got me, bro. I loved that scene. It was legitimately scary. And then when she's going through the house and Vecna's chasing her and he finally claws her on the head and she breaks everything. And that's the way that these guys are going to die this season. Holy fuck. They aren't pulling any punches. And since she was victim one, you know, she of Fred and the other guy, the basketball player of all of them, she clearly had the best arc of it. And like, man, like even Eddie trying to get her. Chrissy, Chrissy, you're scaring me, Chrissy. Like mm. that was such a powerful scene. And I've had such high hopes for this season based off of the premiere episode one. Still my favorite, clearly my favorite. Love the episode like 10 out of 10. Great season premiere. Uh, Chrissy, I really wanted to learn more about her. Even post-mortem, we didn't because Jason was like, oh, my girlfriend's dead. Okay. Eddie sucks. Like what? <laughs> I was expecting maybe some more beings heartbroken, but we didn't get that. Uh, at all i just thought her death scene and the scene with her mom when she was tripping out the first time in the bathroom combined to be just a really powerful vectane fucking around thing and i thought that was really cool no arguments for me there brother my number one is the scene where basically the end it's steve throwing the molotov cocktail and just he gets lit up in fire 
And Nancy just walks up with her sawed-off shotgun, her little badass literal self. Saw, literal sawed-off, motherfucker. She sawed that herself with a handsaw. That ain't happening, by the way. Again, the, 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 but, yeah. the journey from Nancy of, you know, getting, you know, starting shooting, you know, uh, with, uh, what's his name? Uh, Charlie Heaton, Jonathan Byers. Jonathan, yeah. Uh, from season one, and then the buildup of each season of gun handling. Now she's on a, a, a sawed-off shotgun, blown up Vector with the... Running up that hill, playing him, just getting blown up. I thought the visuals, it was shot. I, I felt that moment. He goes out the window. I felt like that was Nancy's moment, even though minutes before they were all getting strangled, probably should have died. But I thought this was her moment. She was a little badass, and I absolutely loved this scene. Yeah, very cool, very cool. My number one's very small, very simple, like six seconds, and all it was, it was there and it was gone. I've said it before, Eddie Munson, favorite new character, potentially ever introduced into this show. I'd say Eddie, then Robin, then Max, um, or Billy. I mean, they were both really good. I think Max maybe a little bit more. Sadie Sink is just phenomenal. But it's the scene that everybody's been putting on Twitter. I just love it so much. This is music. It was so – that Joseph Quinn delivered that line in a perfect way. The fact that they're, like, naming all these bands that I love and they're just shitting on them, it felt like real life to me. Growing up as an emo kid, I'm like – I go to get my hair cut. Who do you listen to? Ah, oh, the early November and dance gap. Who the fuck are they kid? Like it was, uh, it was cool to see like Eddie and I having that connection of we list. We love this music so much, but nobody else does. This is music is a great line delivery. And I thought it was just, it made me hyped and I loved it so much, even though yeah. it was short, it was sweet. Love that. All right. So that was our stranger things for, uh, big giant spoiler cast. We're an hour 15 and I told you it was going to be a big pod because we haven't, we've only talked about one new story so far and we still have an entire show to go. So thank you to everybody for hanging in there with us as we did our stranger things talk. I had a lot to get off my chest. Sam did too. I'm glad we did before we go into the rest of the TV stories, a little bit of breaking news here on the pod. It, it happens every month uh, because they release it Thursday night at nine o'clock we should be there by now because every month we've had this as breaking news. Nintendo just tweeted out their game of the uh, month for July, the N64 game. Um, and this one was not previously announced. So this is a surprise coming a week from today, July 15th. Pokemon Puzzle League is coming for free to Nintendo 64 on Nintendo Switch. A very underrated Pokemon game. Um, it's like Tetris meets Puyo Puyo, but with Pokemon over it. It's really cool. It's hard as all shit. The speed run's phenomenal. But uh, I, I will uh, go back to TV here. Just a little break of news here on the pod. A Stranger Things spinoff series and stage play are both in very early production in partnership with Netflix. Now, did, they didn't mention who the spinoff was going to be based around, did they? No, we have no information about it. The Duffer Brothers say it will be an original concept and not around the kids or people in the show, much like House of the Dragon. It may take place in the future. We know season five is getting a time jump. We don't know by how much. Maybe it'll be something along the lines of like post the show. I hope it's not a prequel. Um, if it is, like fine you go into the 70s whatever i think you could probably lean into the 90s nostalgia a little bit in this spinoff that's what i'm hoping for at least yeah stage play is interesting though because it'll be very hamilton-ish like hamilton is a an incredible play an incredible musical it's an incredible movie the disney plus version of that is a plus plus stuff you feel like you're watching a movie not a play 
And I feel like that's what it'll be. Stranger Things on a stage with an audience, but on Netflix, I think has a lot of potential. Stage plays are great. Don't make it a musical. Make it a stage play with written line um, or written dialogue, I should say. Throw in a song in there if you want. But I'm looking forward to the stage play just as much as I am the spinoff because I'm a theater guy. I, I love it. And Hamilton did something to me for watching a stage play at home that I think this is going to draw a lot from. And I'm, I'm very excited. It will be the Duffer Brothers production company, Upside Down Pictures, will be doing both of these. But the Duffer Brothers said, we want somebody else to handle the spinoff. We kind of want to be involved, but not necessarily the whole process. So maybe, uh, maybe a little bit of f- creative freedom here. Somebody else writing some Stranger Things. I think that could be good, too. Yeah, give them a break. They've been on it for the last freaking like eight years, so they deserve it. Well, they're doing the Stephen King with the talisman. They're doing that. And the Duffer Brothers are also making a live action Netflix Death Note series. Which came out of nowhere. I was not expecting this at you know, especially after, you know, the Death Note movie we got a few years ago. I thought that they did greenlit a sequel. I guess they held back on that. So I'm hey, I am I am all I will co-sign a Duffer Brothers show about death note give me all the light y'all give me give me the ryu give me the l i'm here uh yeah I, I honestly didn't think we'd ever get death note live action again um based off of that original flop of a movie but we are and that's totally fine and i think netflix has kind of gone all in with these live action anime projects you have yu yu haka show you have what one piece you had uh yep. cowboy bebop you have Avatar, I believe. If that's, I think that's, that's Netflix. That's coming. You, you. So there's uh, there's tons out there. We have yeah. like, I wouldn't be shocked if like, I know that there were already some movies and it was in Japan and everything, but I wouldn't be shocked if like AOT, if Attack on Titan gets one eventually. There's like Netflix is going hard into this market in this world, so it doesn't shock me. And Death Note is a series that I think the Duffer Brothers, you know, maybe isn't Bleach or something getting one too? I, I can't remember, but. You know, this well, is Bleach, a good Bleach already got that live action movie on Netflix. Okay, yeah. So this is just it's a good fit. Uh, give me that live action you though. But, but side note, I cannot wait to see some cast photos of that. But uh yeah, I, I think this is a fine thing. And I've never really watched Death Note, so this is a good opportunity for me to get in there too. Uh The Boys season four and Stranger Things five will bo- I'm sorry, no. The Boys season four will begin filming in August, and we mentioned earlier. Stranger Things 5 will begin the writing process in August. Expect that in 2024. But the boys season four filming in August means we're getting that fifth, uh, fifth season or fourth season. I mean, uh, in 2023, 100%. I mean, I feel like they, they, they had to do that just because of, of the, I would just the buzz that this show has. I mean, hero guys have lived up to expectations. I've been loving this season. I'm not going to lie. I, I, I think you, for the most part would agree that they definitely felt, I would feel like they, I mean, I don't think they lost their footing, but they definitely like reestablished like this show. The boys is a one of a kind show. There is no other show like it. And thankfully we are getting a season four because I am not ready to end with this show yet. Yeah. As of right now, the boys season three is number four on my favorite list of the year. Um, Stranger things right now, stranger things right now. It comes in at number eight, Um, stranger things four, I should say. And so, you know, with the boys only halfway through the season and it's already at that four spot, you know, it's got yeah, a really well, the boys actually only has one episode left. Yeah, it's it's at the uh, it's at the yeah, finale t- tomorrow, yeah. today, the day you're listening today to is this. The finale, yep. So next week we're gonna go ham on that in two ninety one. We'll go off the rails with our boys season three. 
Um, I've loved the season so far. There was one uh, 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 episode that I didn't like, which was episode four. That was the only one that fell flat for me. And that's got like a 9.5 on IMDb. I just thought it was a little slow, a little boring. It had a good ending with, uh, with a hero's uh, face and Homelander, but I thought hero gasm was fine. Um, I don't think it was the 10 out of 10. Everybody was saying I was actually expecting more raunchiness. I watched it twice just to see if maybe I missed something, but it, I mean, uh, there was loads and there was jackets and there was, love sausages and things so i mean it was raunchy i just for whatever reason was expecting a little weirder stuff or at least maybe some more weird stuff it really was the last 10 minutes and i was kind of hoping that it would be in there a little bit more uh but at the same time it was wild it was wacky it was crazy uh we got a fight scene that we've been waiting for for years and it was it did not disappoint uh jensen ackles is one of the best additions to the show ever he's unbelievably funny everything he says is so good and so I'm, I'm, I'm loving shit. it. I've loved Jensen since he was on freaking Smallville. And then the year after he got Supernatural. So I've been a fan of this dude for a while. Even his movie, uh, 3D Bloody Valentine. So underrated for a horror flick. Very good movie. And he 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 shines as um, Soldier Boy. <clears throat> Soldier Boy. I was having a brain yeah, I was he, called Captain America. He, well, you're not far off. He had this line about Bill Cosby, which was just the shit. Oh my god, dude! I love that they, I, I they just pushed the they, they so far. Yeah, he makes the stiffest drinks. It was just like, <laughs> but, but you laughed, you laughed, you like, oh shit! There was even a subtle line that he says that doesn't not not many people picked up. He said, "What the fuck? We're ten and one," and he was talking about America's record in wars. We're 10 wins and one loss. And I was assuming the one is Vietnam, but like, or Korea, but like, God damn, was that a great small line that he did? And so I don't know how his arc ends. I don't know if it ends in season three, but I hope not because if he's a part of season four, I am all in for that. This season has been phenomenal and yeah. I just can't wait for more. I cannot wait to watch this finale tomorrow. It's going to be great. My Friday night is looking fucking hey, promising, just, baby. Just avoid spoilers, my friend. I don't, I, I don't want to see you get ruined by another show. I'm going to be doing For All Mankind in the morning slash afternoon slash, nice. you know, whatever. And then I'll do The Boys at night. We got Blackbird dropping, like I said. That's another Apple show that I want to watch. And so there's there's stuff to keep me off the, uh, off the socials. Plus, I have a job. So I'll be working for eight of those hours. I got to take my car in. Somebody ripped off my windshield wiper because they're dicks. So I got to oh, get that lovely. fixed. Like the whole thing, not just the blades. So, yeah, there's there's a lot. So I got a busy day tomorrow. But you said earlier, Jensen Ackles, Supernatural. Well, the Winchesters, which is the Supernatural prequel, will premiere on the CW October 11th. We got a date. I mean, I, I did not expect to show that fast. I know Jensen, Axel, Jensen Ackles is the narrator of the show. The rest of the cast, I have no idea. I, it just it just follows his parents, a younger John Winchester and Mi- uh, Millie Winchester, and the I father originally played by uh, Jeffrey D. Morgan. There you go. And I, I, I think I, I think I have to give this show at least a shot, just because I had fifteen years invested in Supernatural. So I would like to see what they kind of put together here. Uh, well, kind of. I don't. I didn't see a trailer yet, so I'll wait to see. I'm sure one's going to be coming very very soon, since it's going to be freaking appearing in a couple months so we'll see what we'll see what they got uh you know it doesn't it actually doesn't shock me that uh this show's coming so fast i feel like the cw pumps shows quick well, i don't, I don't like, know but you figure i feel like we, we're 
that uh, CW was broke, that they're losing money next year. Oh, we greenlit this show, we greenlit this show. And I, broke, I'm just like, but broke doesn't mean they have no money. Broke just means their budget is already tied up and doing other things where they're not. They don't have a positive cash flow. Doesn't mean they don't have money. You saw that with AMC. We all thought theaters were going to be dead, and now you can't keep people out of them. So true. There are two different things there, and the CW does. Hey, let's shoot the show, put in some C level CG, and let's rock and roll. Like that's what that's their mo, and it's worked for them so far. I hope the Winchesters is good, though. I really do because Supernatural is a show I want to go back to. Um, pretty bad, actually. I, I've been craving a nice little horror show since Stranger Things didn't do it for me. Kidding, kidding, kidding. Uh, this is a little bit of a spoiler, a little bit. So hit the 30 second button, maybe twice. If you don't want to hear this, this is about the show echo coming to Disney plus uh, we saw echo in Hawkeye. So again, there's some character spoilers here. Hit that 30 second button twice. If you don't want to hear him, Charlie Cox, we know he's coming back. He now will come back. However, along with Vincent D'Onofrio as Kingpin, in Echo, which is really cool. We're getting Daredevil and we're getting uh, Kingpin in the Echo show. I just feel bad for Echo because now she's playing third fiddle in her own damn show. Yeah, I mean, again, I think it was th- maybe three episodes that he could be appearing in and that his suit, he might be in the red and black suit. Again, Charlie Cox is fantastic. We've Everyone's been screaming to have him back for years now. And, you know, knowing that we, we already had Kingpin in... Um, Hawkeye, so it's you know it's great here. We knew we know he wasn't dead, even though it looked like the ending he was dead. But that's literally ripped right from the comics. I am so excited to see these two back in the role. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. Echo was a really good character in Hawkeye, so to see all this come to come together, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, show. like I, I liked her a lot. I just again they were trying to tell so much. I just wanted more. She, in my opinion, she didn't have enough screen time. So now to get her own show and to flesh her out, I'm really looking forward to. It. Well, they got to find a way because she's she's deaf. So it's like mm-hmm. you can only kind of do so much with that type of character. Um, and like other people kind of have to carry dialogue and things like that. You can't just do uh, ASL for like ever. An audience can only sit through so much sign language before they just kind of tune out. Yeah. So I just wonder how they're going to get around that. And they're going to do that by introducing the two characters we just said and making them a part of it. And hey, you never know. Maybe Hawkeye and or uh, Kate Bishop would make an appearance as well. You, you just yeah. never know with Disney plus they love their crossovers. The Disney plus national treasure series has an official title, national treasure edge of history. And, you know, I, I was in a, you know, with seeing the Nick cage movie of um, unbearable way to massive talent. I was watching a lot of interviews with him and he was saying that the national treasure three is still like, it's still being written that they said that Disney wanted to do the show first. So maybe to introduce this new character and then they had this new younger character kind of play a role with him at the end. So maybe thinking, could there possibly be a Nick Cage cameo at the end? Some kind of similar, maybe some Star Wars cameo S type of deal. You know, we already have Justin Bartha coming back as Riley Poole from the first two films. So I'm, I'm, I'm still hoping that there's going to be a third movie. So I'm, I'm actually ain't going to lie. I, I told you, I said, I'm, I'm, I'm turning more positive in this show. National Treasure Edge of History. My man is holding out so much hope for that third movie. Hang in by a thread. (laughs) (laughs) Bill Burr live at Red Rocks is coming to Netflix July 12th. So this coming week, we're going to get a new Bill Burr special on Netflix. And it's awesome. I have a a Bill Burr presents friends who kill. It's on my back burner. If I don't have anything for um, like a pick of the week. 
So he just hosted it, so he didn't really give a stand-up, but he had a couple good comedians in there. So if I don't have anything in a couple of weeks, I'll use that. But it was just a little tease of Bill, and I was watching. I was like, damn, I wish Bill did more stand-up. And then, bam, freaking he's at Live at Red Rocks in like two weeks after. I was like, this is beautiful. I can't wait to watch it. That, that's our boy. Yeah, this, Billy Red Balls. This is something. <laughs> this is something that I think tells a greater picture for a lot of different types of media. And I'll pull video games in for just a second. This is one of those things where it wasn't announced six months or a year ago. It was, hey, it's out next week. Enjoy. And like they held that release date until it was ready, and it wasn't going to be delayed. And you don't got to wait forever. It's just kind of there. And a comedy special and a video game are two completely different animals. Uh, but I'm in that hype machine, man. You know me. I I thrive on enthusiasm. I love the hype. So when you get when you tell me a video game's coming seven years before it's coming out and they give you that announcement trailer, you're like, fuck yeah, hell yeah. But then you get frustrated because you don't see it for five years. I kind of don't mind this new thing that media is doing where they announce it just a couple months in advance, almost like got awarded kind of, I mean, they actually blew it pretty hard. They announced it two years ago, even though we knew it wasn't coming, but like, okay. Strikers. Okay. Game's not great, but we're all hyped for it. It got announced in February for a June release. Metroid dread June for an October release. Not a lot of time there. I kind of like that, even though it sucks as a hype man, I want to know these things early. I want my damn Nintendo direct, but I don't mind this whole philosophy of hey here's something next week fuck yeah go enjoy it because now what july 12th is what five days away from the time we're recording this i get new bill burr in five days and six days ago i didn't know it existed that's a pretty cool damn thing (laughs) i love it i can't wait i'm sure he's fucking just like our old billy red balls let me take it over in gaming we'll lead it off ubisoft has announced a new ubisoft forward and it's coming September 10th at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Yeah, and you can uh, expect this is their like Nintendo Direct style thing. They do it basically once a year. You know, I would expect more on Mario plus Rabbit Sparks of Hope, Skull and Bones, potentially something like Beyond Good and Evil 2, probably a new Assassin's Creed game, something along those lines. Um, I hope not a new Far Cry game. Let's put that to bed. But you're going to get a lot of updates. You're going to get some new announcements, things we don't know that are in the pipeline. So if you're like a hype man like I just was talking about, this is another presentation for you to get into. It's weird that in June they announced it, or early July, that they announced it for September, two months away. A little weird. But at the same time, now we can get the old speculation hats on. I'm sure everything's going to leak ahead of time. I'll try my best to stay away. Forspoken has been delayed again, this time to January 24th, 2023. Earlier in the show when we were talking about God of War and the release schedule and things that could potentially be coming this year, that was the game I was alluding to when I said, hey, there's a game we'll talk about later that got delayed out of the window and really made God of War stand on its own this holiday for PlayStation because this game got pushed back again. It was supposed to launch, I believe in May. Uh, now it got pushed back to October and now it got pushed back to January. They also made the announcement right at God of war, uh, got, uh, it's release date. So it's kind of like, Hey, uh, let me slip that in there. So we don't get crushed from a PR perspective, but nobody cares because nobody cares about this game. It's going <laughs> to sell probably a million Maybe to, I, I don't know, it's from Square Enix. It's got a lot of Final Fantasy people working on it. 
it's hyped, um, but it doesn't look particularly good at all. So I'm, uh, it's a hard pass for me from the second it was announced. Um, I actually went back recently. How about this? I went back recently as I was working on my pool the other day and I listened to our episode. I think it was like, uh, I don't know what two two ten i can't remember 150 I, I don't whatever or no 250 whatever it was and it was our ps5 unveiling reaction from two years ago when the console got announced and this game was project athea and we both shat all over it uh <laughs> and we were still shitting all over it two years from now uh i also said that i didn't give a fuck about bug snacks my fourth favorite game of 2020 uh, I also said, I don't give a shit about Cana Bridge of Spirits, my second favorite game of 2021. <laughs> uh, um, and there was another one in there that I actually nailed 100%. And I even called a delay and a marketing cycle like to the thing. I was going to say to you to, to go back and listen to it. But it was why I can't remember what it is now. But it was wild. And uh, oh, you know what I said? I said, we talked about Miles Morales and how that got announced. And we were like, cool. And I said, just wait, Spider-Man 2, 2023, it'll be Peter and Miles together fighting Venom. And it came, and that all came true. And we don't know the release date yet, but that was fucking wild. So uh, I went back and listened to it. Funny little, funny little thing. I was just randomly listening to that the other day. I, but it's always good though, when, like even when like I'm always a couple back. So when I listen to it, we call something right. I'll usually text you, oh, dude, you're right, or I was right. It's always a cool little moment. Next up, we have Nintendo announced a Splatoon 3 OLED model coming this August. They also announced it at 9 a.m., the same time God of War made its announcement, so it got completely overshadowed, and for good right. The console looks awesome. It's got four different colors on the on the two Joy-Con. They blue and purple bleed together, and yellow and green. They look great, the Splatoon, but I don't give a fuck about Splatoon. <laughs> and so... Uh, you know, when Splatoon and Xenoblade are your big first party titles and Pokemon's your big second party title, and that's your whole second year, second half of the year, I'm not super excited for what Nintendo has this year outside of, of Pokemon. So I really need that direct just to like let me know what I'm going to be playing because it ain't going to be Splatoon 3, I'll tell you that. But if you're into Splatoon, and I love Splatoon 2, I'm just kind of over it. Uh, if, if you like Splatoon and you don't have an OLED yet, this is a great looking console to buy. The box looks phenomenal um, and it'll be super limited edition. I'm sure it'll be hard as fuck to find, but if you manage to get your hands on one, give yourself the old pat on the back. It's cool. Splatoon's just, I've kind of outgrown my love for that franchise. I'm kind of over it. Um, and this was just like a, just like a thing. I thought they were going to announce the OLED light, the handheld only OLED version. We got this instead. I don't care. Moving on. And the last story we have in gaming, E3 is coming back as an in-person event during the second week of June in 2023, but with a fresh coat of paint. Yeah, and we've announced or we've reported this before that E3 was coming back next year. But as of today, the 7th of July, we actually got the actual details. So we know it's coming the second week of June. We know it's coming back to in-person in Los Angeles. But now, instead of the ESA running it, They've actually gotten the company. I forget what it is. Read pop, read something. I can't remember. I apologize. But this company, this event company, they run PAX, which is huge. And they run Star Wars Celebration amongst other big events. They're now going to be running E3. So E3 is going to be in better hands because of, you know, 
the just this organized this group organizing it. PAX is phenomenal. Star Wars Celebration's great. Now you bring that back. Restore E3 to what it was. Get people out on the show floor playing games at booths. Get people back. Maybe you can do some cool things. Maybe grab Nintendo back in. Maybe, maybe, maybe grab Sony back in if you can allure them and let E3 go. I thought it was so petty because seven minutes, seven minutes after this was announced, Jeff Keighley and Summer Game Fest tweeted out, Summer Game Fest returning 2023 live in person. Like, bro, let E3 have their moment. Yeah. You, that was so petty. Like your summer game fest blow. It sucked this year. It, uh, you know, and now that E3 is back, it's going to gain so much hype. Publishers are want to go, are going to want to go there. Jeff was trying his best to get people to say, don't forget about me. Give me your stuff. But you had an unchallenged year this year. No PlayStation, no Nintendo, no E3. You had the entire world at your fingertips for summer game fest and you kind of blew it. So I think they lost a little bit of good faith there. I, for one, am excited for E3 to return in person next year. Uh, the last thing we have before your weekly WADA is just a review of Thor love and thunder. And I haven't heard great things. Um, I've kind of heard it's a fine Marvel movie. What about you? Have you heard anything about this movie? It has a 69% on rotten tomatoes. I did audience read a couple critic, critic right? Because it's not even out for yeah. audience. Yeah, yeah. So the the only thing that I've ever seen, like I, I never see any praise for Hemsworth. I never say it. it's always everyone else. So like the every, the main two I got was great performances by Bale and Portman. <laughs> Bale, Bale and Portman have been getting like literally. I haven't seen one thing like maybe was, I think the one thing it's about about Chris Hemsworth. Like why is he getting stupider and stupider after every movie? And I was like, oh yeah, that 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 is one of my gripes of Thor. Yeah, this is his ninth. It's, it's, Thor it's movie. not him in, in in comics. That's not Thor. Thor is not like a, a jackass. You know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah, it's MCU. Thor's Thor's ninth uh, MCU appearance, which is just is crazy. Or at least Hemsworth as Thor nine times. Thor: Love and Thunder is largely successful in honoring Thor's long journey towards self actualization, and rarely falters while keying into crackling chemistry between Hemsworth, Natalie Portman, and Tessa Thompson. It's essentially the MCU's first romantic comedy and plays with those tropes in delightful ways. But while Thor and Jane's relationship is handled well, Love and Thunder is left dest. I'm sorry, less less deft and a lot safer than you'd expect in pushing the greater MCU forward. Christian Bale's gore feels underutilized and Tessa Thompson's King Valkyrie takes a frustrating backseat, especially as the movie progresses. Taika Waititi's signature humor and visual style persist from Ragnarok and are essential to buoying the movie through its cookie cutter plot with Hemsworth as an enthusiastic uh, as ever. With, I'm sorry, with Hemsworth as enthusiastic as ever. So there you go. There's some praise for him. Thor's future with love and thunder is bright. Seven? Of course, it's IGN. Of course it's a seven. It's nice uh, I mean, and, and, and Hemsworth has already stated, like, I, I'll be in this role until Marvel kicks me out. Like, he, he loves playing a role. Like, I, of course, I like his passion. I like his role. I just hope. I think I know what I'm going to get with this movie. I I would just like to see the next one kind of go back to more of, like, a serious tone for Thor. That's just it's, me. It's funny because earlier I was saying about Stranger Things how I felt like they were avenging us by playing it so safe. And this review literally says it's a lot safer than you'd expect. No, if they play it safe, that's exactly what I expect from the MCU yeah. right now. I expect yeah. them to that's play it safe. Every movie is safe. 
they don't have a team right now. They don't have an Avengers group. They have nowhere to go. They're building that, but they don't have it yet. So they're going to play it safe right now because this is one of the final characters from that first run of Avengers that's still even around. So it's like, of course, they're going to play it safe. They have to because they want butts and seats until they're able to establish whatever route they're taking, whether that be Young Avengers, West Coast Avengers, Thunderbolt, whatever they're doing next is the big team up movie. Um yeah, I expected safe all the way with this. Of course, we're going to get a safe. <laughs> but uh, anyway, take us home with your weekly WADA. Weekly WADA this week is a game that was only released in like uh, like Japan. This is the Asian version. This is Devil May Cry 4, the special edition. So originally, Devil May Cry 4 came out in 2008. And that came out for, you know, PlayStation 3, Xbox 360, you know, Microsoft, all that stuff. Then Microsoft 4 in 2015 came out, You let you play as Trish, Lady, and Virgil. Of course, Virgil being Dante's brother, he's, he, he is so, his sword play is so fast, he is so freaking fun to play as. Even to beat him in this game in Dante Must Die mode is so freaking hard. Miyamachi both almost broke a few paddles beating this game. I have this in a 9.8 A+. I actually sent this into WADA. This was, I have this, I have one more game that was part of my beta test for WADA for the modern systems. So to get a 9.8, I'm, you know, again, I'm, I don't get handed out 9.8s. I think this is only my third, maybe fourth 9.8 that I specifically sent games into WADA to get back. So I don't know. When I send games and I get 9.8, I, I, I don't know. I feel like the game is a little bit more special because like, I sent it in. This has the Y fold with the PlayStation 4 value selection sticker. Uh, one thing cool about this with the special with the special edition that I can either play it in like the Japanese or the English version. They give you that option. Um, it's it's a little weird that they gave the PS4 version a less score than they gave the PS3 version. I don't I don't see how that's possible. It's just the same game, just more polished, more characters. It doesn't make sense to me. But for the, the PS3 versions, iGen gave an 8.7 out of 10, Game Informer 9 out of 10, Metacritic 84 out of 100. And then for the PS4, Metacritic gave it a 75 out of 100, iGen gave it a 7.5 out of 10, and was that Game, I can't read my own writing, is that Game Station 8.5 out of 10. So I, I don't know where, where that came from. But reading up on this game, I know about 80 people were formed to make the team to make this game. I thought that was pretty impressive. I thought that had been, been more people to make this game. You know, with the special edition, I love because you get to play as everyone. Dante, Nero, Lady, Trish, Virgil. You had everyone. You, like To me, like, this, this was one of the best. I know it wasn't released worldwide. I'm sure you get it digitally, but I have a physical copy. Lucky enough that I, until they released the uh, the pop report, I don't know many here are on the census or not, but I believe the original four, I just want to check the sales for that one. That sold over 3 million copies for the PS3 version. And then I don't know, they didn't give me a total for this one, but I think they averaged it around close to 5 million copies sold. Again, it doesn't seem like a lot when we're talking about Nintendo when you hear that they got 15, 20, 25, but for PlayStation devil may cry series i'm super happy to have this in the grade i don't have the ps3 version sealed because i got the ps4 that's just the way i'm going to do it that's your weekly wada devil may cry 4 special edition i just love when we do an hour on one thing and the show is an hour 45 and we bang it out i love it like we're professionals god damn it um 
really, really appreciate everybody hanging in there. I know I talk a lot of people. That's my fucking Twitter handle. Uh, I am so aware, but that is okay because uh, we, we like to talk together and you like to listen to it for whatever reason. And uh, we really do appreciate you hanging out with us. Please let us know your thoughts. Tell me why I'm wrong uh, about Stranger Things. Tell Sam why he's wrong about Stranger Things. We'd love to have that conversation with you. Shout out to Tyler, who also feels the same way we do about the season. Um, excited for him to, to <clears throat> DM us and let us know what he thought. Please do the same at We Podcast and We Know Things on Instagram, right on our Facebook wall. DM us on Twitter at Greg talks a lot at Samuel Matura. We love connecting and talking with our listeners. So looking forward to a hell. One of our listeners is in my fantasy baseball league just because we connected. So like this is what it can do. It can bring people together. So thank you all so much for hanging out with us. We'll be back next week with our, the boys season three thoughts on episode. Oh, zip. Back, right up.